my vision, you know, maybe 15 years ago is to have one employee just have a job to go to every day. And so that's changed, right? So this vision is constantly changing. That's something that I'm aware of. But the underlying theme to it all is I want to be happy. I don't want to have to work 900,000 hours. I don't want to have to miss my family and not be there for them like my father was because he was working all the time. And so it's taken some time to kind of learn how to balance that and hone in on that. And that's my vision. This is Built By You, a podcast by Jobber, where business owners share how they stay focused when entrepreneurship gets real. I'm Nick Keiko, and today I'm talking to the seriously resourceful Ryan Tuttle. Ryan can trace his entrepreneurial roots back to grade school, setting up lemonade stands, selling sticks of gum at a markup. And what inspires me about his story is the speed at which he moves and makes decisions. Ryan started his remodeling business as a side hustle before he even knew how to do the work people were hiring him for. But he always figures it out. And it's not luck, it's hustle. In 2008, Ryan founded RJT Carpentry and Tile, a bathroom remodeling business, and he started Best Handyman Boston in 2017, which is exactly what it sounds like. And he has expansion and other business opportunities in the works. Like I said, he's got hustle. Today, on Built by You, meet Ryan Tuttle. Let's rewind a little bit and start at the beginning. Tell me a bit about how entrepreneurship and blue collar work runs in your family. My father's been a, a house painter, so he owned a business at one point for about 15, 16 years with my uncle. And since I was a little kid, I was out on the job in the summer, uh, on the weekends. I would just be working with my dad, you know, watching this old house as a kid was a huge influence to me. At a young age, I was already like, I had lemonade stands, I was selling gum in school, baseball cards, all that stuff. So I had always kind of wanted to do my own thing and have that freedom to make my own money, I would say, you know, looking back. What was on your mind when you were you were getting older, coming out of high school for, for the next steps? Um, next steps, I didn't really think there were going to be any next steps. Like my parents couldn't afford college, I couldn't afford college, I think. At best, I was probably going to get in a trade union. I mean, that's pretty much what you're looking at around my neighborhood when you're growing up at that time is that your best bet is to get in a trade union, learn a trade. I didn't end up even finishing high school. I ended up getting in some trouble and I got kicked out of high school. I was 16 years old, so it was the first week in junior year and I got kicked out. So I ended up going to work with my father for that year. I don't really think at that time... I knew exactly how to articulate myself or express myself that I didn't want to be there. And I just really knew that once school was over, that I wasn't going to be the guy going to college. I was going to have to work anyway. Why couldn't I do that now? Did you get into, you were talking about the trade unions, did you get into one of the trade unions? Yeah, exactly. So I'm like 18, 19, I'm kind of doing landscaping and I'm working odd jobs. I had met this guy who was working for this small little remodeling company and I went to work there for a year or so and there was just no opportunity. I was barely getting paid. You know, it was just a disaster. And I had met someone through some side work that I was doing after work and on the weekends and they asked me if I wanted to get into the carpenters union. They had been in there for years. And so I was ecstatic. I mean, you kind of have to know somebody to get in there at the time. And this was probably about uh, 12, 15 years ago around that time. And it was amazing because I was able to get a four-year apprenticeship 
and working for a legit real company with benefits and annuity and pension and all these things. And then from there, when did you start your first side hustle? When I started working for that small remodeling company, I was about uh, 24 years old. I was like a laborer for about a year at that point. I'd asked to kind of start doing more stuff. And I had had some skills, you know, working with my father, as I had mentioned, painting and doing different things and some small carpentry stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start my own business. That's what I'm going to do. So I went to another school and I took night classes and I got licensed to be a construction supervisor in the city, unrestricted. I got my license. I got some insurance and I started a company and I was just doing small, tiny little jobs on the side while I was working full time in the union or for other people. And that's how I started the first company that I still have now. Did it take off really quick or was it a bit of a slow burn when you kind of think back 15 years ago when you started the the kitchen and, and bathroom remodeling? When I started this business, I pretty much had nothing. I was pretty much homeless, okay? I had a little single bed and two Rubbermaid dressers that I bought from Target or Walmart that were mine. So I knew whatever energy or whatever I was going to put into this, I would hopefully get back out of it. As I started to put energy into this business, and that was part-time, I ended up going to work for this family, little old family company in the union, and I'm working for them, and things are going great. After like a year, year and a half, they end up going under. That's when I went full-time with my business, and that was at 2008. I think that's when I went, 2008, 2009, right in the middle of the recession and all the stuff that was going on. Didn't really affect me. I didn't have a home then. I didn't have kids. I was a single guy. I didn't have much. So I could work as much as I wanted and do whatever I did. And that's exactly what I did. I worked seven days a week for years. In the span of 15 years, I went from handwriting estimates on carbon copies to now using software to send estimates. It's just unbelievable. I'm going to interrupt quickly here to explain a few things before I let Ryan continue. First, we're about to cover a lot of time from Ryan going full-time with his remodeling business to an event 10 years in that really shook him. Ryan's also about to talk a lot about online marketing, and he's gonna mention the term SEO. SEO stands for search engine optimization, and it's the art and science of getting your website to rank at the top of Google, where your potential customers are searching for services like yours. We'll ask him to dive a little bit deeper into his SEO strategy coming up. Finally, I'm gonna drop you back into a time in Ryan's life where he had to learn a new skill from scratch. Consider this your pep talk if you're in a similar situation. The truth is um, I didn't even buy or own a computer until I was probably 28 or 29 years old. So I didn't even, and I didn't learn any of that stuff. I've had to learn Microsoft Word, every single thing I I taught myself how to do because I was so hungry. I wasn't going to give up. I had nothing to begin with. And so I knew in order to grow that, I was going to have to breathe everything I had into these businesses. And that's what I did. So after I went full time, I met someone who could get me a website. And that person I asked to teach me and they taught me and I paid them and they built me a beautiful website. And from there, that's when things really started popping. And I started to really learn the back end of websites and how things work. And so I just like would stay up all night and just. I just 
I loved it. I was just like creating opportunity and options and things I never had for myself. We started to get unbelievable reviews. We have over 200 five-star reviews between both companies online. And so that it really started to just push us up in the local listings. And I started to hammer away and learn more about SEO. And from there, the business just started to grow. And then one summer, it just like blew up like, like, you know, like the hockey stick growth they talk about. And at that time, I had just had my first spine surgery. I had just had two discs taken out and nine screws put in my spine. And I had to shut the business down for a couple months. I didn't know what to do with myself. The phone was ringing. I could barely move. The partner I had at the time was working with me for almost nine years. He was one of my first foremans in the union, another guy that had worked with me. He was almost like a, a father figure to me. And he was kind of running the company for a couple months. And after that surgery, I just like, it took a toll on me. The recovery was excruciating. And unfortunately, my spine did not fuse at that time. So I had to go in back for another spine surgery with more screws and more rods. And so after that, I was pretty beat up nine or 10 years in the business at that point. And so what I did was I started to really rethink things. And I just went to this guy that I'd been working with for nine or 10 years. He was like a father to me. And I said, listen, he wasn't a lit full partner of the business. He was, you know, basically like an employee and I wanted him to be a partner and take certain things over. And we had, like talked about things and it never happened. And so I had to walk away from it. Like I had to walk away from that relationship. And it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. I mean, the guy was like, my daddy had taught me everything. So he's like a father figure to me. And he was my teacher. And I was his apprentice for almost 10 years. It was brutal. And then I was out on my own. So Ryan, how did the work change like over time from, from operating the side hustle to being a decade into things without your mentor? What happened was people started calling because people were like, this kid shows up, they do a great job. He's got an older guy that works for them. But the problem was I was limited in knowledge. I couldn't do these bigger jobs. So I would hire these guys that I knew, these older guys to do the jobs for me. I would be in school or in the union or just working a different job. And these guys would be running like 30, 40, $50,000 jobs for me. And I would not even be there for two or three weeks. When I can, I go work with them. So I'm learning and earning at the same time. I'm not letting any of these jobs go. They're getting done. They're all licensed. They're all insured. We're growing the name. And we start out, we're doing like these small home improvement projects. And then we're doing home additions, you know, five years later. So it just grew tremendously. I would be out meeting clients and running the business more. And that allowed me to do that. So once we broke up that relationship, I ended up having to now be on the job full time, reading blueprints, running the job, and then running the business aside from that as well, you know, on the day to day on the jobs. So it became a lot to handle. And I just, you know, I just didn't want to do that anymore. It was too much stress, you know, way too much stress. I think we allow ourselves as entrepreneurs, we almost don't know when to say no. And that's something that's a discipline you have to learn. That took me a long time to learn. And so through that, I have had quite a few failures, but I would like to look at them like micro failures to me. And sometimes those micro failures can really add up and it can break the shit out of your soul. 
it really can crush you sometimes. I have days where I just want to quit. I look back at my journal and sometimes there's days I find that just say, I want to quit. 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 But I also tell myself the reason why I want to quit is because I'm reaching every day higher and higher and for more and more. And the evidence I have is the time I can look back to those carbon copy written estimates and things have grown so tremendously in that time. And in that time, there's been hundreds of days where I wanted to quit, but I won't quit. I just won't quit. What's your advice to young entrepreneurs who are looking and they're like, I want to quit. I want to quit. I want to quit. Yes. Greatest question ever. Get a mentor. I would like to hope that we're all supported by at least one or two people on our journey. I think there is that mentor that has walked the same path or down a similar path that we need. And that would be my advice to someone just starting out. Have you ever played the other side of that role and and been the mentor to, to any young entrepreneurs coming up? The last three employees I have have all left and started their own full-time businesses. So just being around me and seeing the day-to-day operations has been a great example for some people. I've always made myself available for any business owner or any entrepreneur if I can. And I have been in those roles and it is extremely humbling and it's great to be on that other side. Let's talk about leadership for a bit because this has kind of been woven through your story. For a lot of contractors, that, that leap to being a leader, and whether it's a business owner or a foreman, isn't necessarily a natural jump. What's your advice? What are some of the things you've learned around how to hone your leadership in your business? Leadership to me is all about showing up and leading by example and realizing at the end of the day that you don't have to have every single answer. It's okay. You don't. You don't have to have every, but you need to surround yourself with the people that can support you and bring you some of those answers. I'll tell you what's taught me the most about leadership and applying that to business, my children. We have three children. One might be yelling, one might be laughing, one might be asking a question all at the same time, okay? Allowing myself to be in that moment with them, be present and to be able to listen And to be able, when I do work on the house or when I'm doing things around the house and I have them help me, it's taught me tremendous things on how to communicate with other people and to how to get things across. We've talked a lot about your remodeling business and kind of where where that came from, the genesis of that. Talk to me about Best Handyman Boston and, and where that came from. Yes. Awesome. Best Handyman Boston is my baby. Yeah, so I'm like going out on all these site visits year after year. Every Thursday, I would go out on our remodeling site visits and meet with new clients. And before I would leave, someone would always grab me by my shirt, whether it was the wife or husband, and say, wait, before you go, can you please look at this small little job for me? And I would have to look at them and say, no, I can't. I'm here to do your kitchen or bathroom. I don't have time for small jobs. We're not set up for that stuff. And I would usually refer one of my friends or a small contractor I knew. And then it dawned on me one day, why don't I start a handyman business? Why don't I start a separate business for these requests? And as I started to look around and do my homework, I noticed I really wasn't going to have too many issues getting to the first place on Google Place listings and getting up to the top and also kind of just dominating around the area. So... We started Best Handyman Boston, 
we trademarked it. Our first year, we get 130 estimates. And then our second year, we get up to 530 estimates we're sending out. It blew up. We won Best of Boston. We won Best of Boston 2019, which was amazing. What's a recent challenge you've faced that, due to the success of the business uh, and filling the need in that city? Right now, one of the challenges we're facing is keeping up with the amount of work. Now that the company's been out for a few years, I think we have, I think it's over 55 star reviews online. We're just dominating. We're getting so many calls a day. And one of the challenges that we face is, and I know everyone faces it, is staffing. You know, we recruit all year, we run job ads, we interview, and it's just finding people that can do the work that we're doing on a consistent basis and being able to hire them. That's one of the definitely the biggest challenges. The other challenge we're facing right now is not only are we getting a lot of calls and trying to grow, we're also trying to take the company into other areas as well. We've been contemplating taking this to another state. We've been doing a lot of homework. We have a lot of stuff prepared, but you know we're all facing some of this COVID stuff as well too. So there's all these little challenges that come along the way. You've invested a lot of time into teaching yourself marketing, SEO. A lot of our listeners aren't super familiar with SEO and, and how to position themselves well. Can you give us maybe a couple tips on things businesses should do or look at uh, when they're getting started? One of the things you definitely want to start to do when we are starting a new business or if we're looking around it is to look around at our competition first. I like to see who's in the area, you know, what they're doing, what their websites look like. If they are coming up on Google Place listings, that's where I really like to start. And then also, if you're just starting out a business, your name, website name is extremely important. Both of our businesses are extremely SEO heavy on the names. Best Handyman Boston was pretty much named because of the SEO. I mean, it was... uh, That's what generated that name, Best Handyman Boston. You go to look for Handyman in Boston, you are going to type in Best Handyman Boston because you want the best handyman. Switching gears a little bit, what do you think sets you and and your businesses apart uh, from other businesses like yours in the market? With a real deal. We are the real deal. We can back everything up we bring to the table. We have a track record, an unbelievable track record of 15 years. Everybody we bring to the team, whether it's in the office or in the field, is verified. And we're not, I'm not out looking to be in competition with anybody. I am looking to work with people, make connections, network, and get stronger. So as far as, you know, that is concerned... We just keep showing up, we're consistent, and we know what we're doing, and everybody on our team can back it up. And that doesn't mean you can just do the work. That means the office can back it up. That means you have all your stuff in order. That means you're organized. That means you got everything together. That means your company is running the way it should be. Ryan, you're already 15 years into business. What's the ultimate vision you're working towards? My vision, you know, maybe 15 years ago is to have one employee and just have a job to go to every day. And so that's changed, right? So this vision is constantly changing. That's something that I'm aware of. But the underlying theme to it all is I want to be happy. I don't want to have to work 900,000 hours 
I don't want to have to miss my family and not be there for them like my father was because he was working all the time. And so it's taken some time to kind of learn how to balance that and hone in on that. And that's my vision. Whether that means I have 10 companies or our handyman division blows up, we have a lot of opportunity to bring that to some other states. Who knows? As long as my family and myself are happy and, and, and I'm able to just get up every day and I'm healthy, I just always remain super grateful. Every day I wake up, I'm very grateful I wake up. I'm very aware of that. I use that extra hour in the morning to kind of meditate and pray and get squared away and get ready for my day and set my intentions. That's that's it. I want to circle back on on one thing that's that's kind of unrelated to you or the businesses, but I think is really relevant right now. So you said, you know, the business kind of took off in 2008 when the the small company you're working for went under, there was the recession. Right now we're we're in a similar time. We we haven't entered a recession yet, but obviously the world's never seen, you know, anything like COVID-19. What is your advice to to people who maybe are coming from the corporate world and want to start a small service business or, you know, somebody who's working for somebody else who's maybe like, is this the time? Like what's your advice to somebody given that you've been through it and you've, you know, over the last 15 years built quite a successful business coming out of that? There's no right or wrong time to start a business. It all depends on what you want to do. I suggest to anybody who's starting a first business to, if they already have a job, to work that job and to try to do it for as long as they can on the side and at nights and in, on weekends to kind of get the rhythm and flow and learn all the different little ins and outs of that business. Because once you start the business, that's just the beginning. After the first day and your first client is when you really start to learn how it's going to go. Whereas if you were just starting out a new company, it was your first business and that's it. And that's your only source of revenue or income at that point. That can be an extremely scary time. So I would say you'd have to really be prepared for that. Have enough capital in the bank, some money saved up, the right mentor behind you, the right people behind you and a decent plan. We ran a meeting a few years ago with some business owners, a couple friends of mine. We were doing a little mastermind group. And we asked 12 guys in the room what their plan was for the upcoming year. That was the theme. And not one of them raised their hand. So 12 business owners, all builders, all in the um, trade service industry, not one of them had ever even made a plan, not even that year for their business. And we were we still talk about that now. That was very alarming to me. So if you haven't made a plan, you might want to make one. We like to finish with two questions. First, what advice would you give 25-year-old Ryan on the first day of starting your side hustle? Chill. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chill out. It's enjoy the ride, right? There's just like so much energy all the time and fear and all this buildup. I didn't really get to enjoy that as much in the beginning. I was like really kind of scrambling. I didn't really make as much of a plan, right? My first business, right? I just wrote like a business plan, but it was like, I just want to do good and have work. Like it wasn't like, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> what advice do you need to give yourself today? Stay grounded every day. Stay grounded, stay grateful, stay humble, stay ready out here, right? Each business. You know, I feel like if you're really taking care of yourself, 
that really benefits your business a lot better. So when I'm eating better and I'm exercising and I'm doing my stretches for my spine and I'm feeling better and I'm praying and meditating and I'm staying within my routine, getting up and doing the same things over and over, it just sets, you know, it just sets a a better a better uh, setup for myself. That was Ryan Tuttle, the best handyman in Boston, and on his way to dominating the handyman industry in a city near you. If you liked today's episode, we'd appreciate it if you left us a review. Reviews help us rank higher on podcast platforms so we can reach more people with these stories. And if you'd like to hear from more entrepreneurs like Ryan, hit subscribe or visit getjobber.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Nick Keiko, and this is Built by You.